Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. So first and foremost, can you just kind of talk about what exactly makes Indiana unhealthy and what concrete <laughs> ways you're planning on fixing it? Sure. I mean, that's a fair, fair question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fair question. It's, uh, I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier, and I mentioned in the atrium that I like a good sports metaphor. Many of you know that. And if you were to think about all 50 states as a car out on the racetrack, um, ranking 46th or 47th or 49th, we'd be in the 16th or 17th row if every state had a ranking. And we don't want to be in the back of the pack. We don't want to be a national laggard. We don't want to linger for um, any more time possible. But what it will require to get to the middle of the pack, and very rarely do I try to shoot for the middle of the pack, <laughs> but we got to start somewhere. And as oftentimes in life, if you just get going in the right direction, that's half the battle. And then you can build on that, being informed by what you learn along the way. And I think we have enough examples of this approach in the state of Indiana dealing with our tax and regulatory environment or dealing with our infrastructure or partnering with locals and community crossings projects and the ready program itself it is by definition a partnership with locals addressing the local unique needs be it you go through the 12 different um, topics infant mortality maternal mortality smoking obesity just kind of the big ticket items that are not just the inaction costing us now, but costing us times four later. And so that ounce of prevention, old slogan, is rings true. And we have said what this will require is an honest assessment of where we are, how we got here, and then how do we get out of it. And this commission's 15-month yeah. effort to turn the cards face up and say, here's where we are, and here's how we get out. That's what this um, goal has in mind. And that's the goal of the commission, and that's the goal of it being on our um, agenda for, for this year. It will require a financial contribution, for sure. We have to build the structure that's not in place. That's a lot of this, just being able to deliver the core public health services that um, many times we would if we could, speaking from a kind of a local perspective. And that's where this partnership comes into play. And um, I'm just, you see it in the state house today, folks from all walks of life in urban, rural, and suburban communities rally around this cause. So yes, is it long overdue? Of course, um, but I'm optimistic, in fact, inspired um, by the road ahead, we're still in the first, again, sports analogy, quarter of the game, uh, speaking of the legislative session, but the more the facts get out, they're hard to refute. I don't know if you want to add any 
I think my filibuster there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's tremendous job. And, and, and dealing with trauma care and EMS services and, um, I mean, it's a long list, but it will require building the structure first, those actual, the infrastructure to deliver uh, those core services. And then maybe equally as important and rightfully so, this isn't just writing a check and handing it to someone in 92 different counties. There will be an audit, there will be an assessment, there will be a reporting, there will be, this will be a transparent um, endeavor that for the, for the legislature and for all of us to know, quite frankly, what's working and what's not. And we'll learn along the way, just as we will tweak the READY program which what I would say is highly successful. What are your thoughts on using dedicated funds to partially fund the public health ask? Um, Senate Bill 400 specifically would redirect licensing fees toward public health. I, I'm focused on making sure the state is funding our percent to the local community. I said out there, e pluribus unum, it really, it, it, it applies here. And that will re require this dedicated um, amount of about 120 million the first year, 227 million the second year, if we can get up to and get the buy-in from the local counties. So that's what I'm gonna be totally focused on right now. It's making sure we don't start piecemealing this, but we address this um, from the outset so that we have a successful launch going forward. And then every single year we'll continue to address where are some shortcomings, where did we need more or less. How are you, how are you uh, convinced lawmakers to fund your healthcare initiative? Because I know they had some concerns early on about some of the costs. You kind of sort of split up the first year, second year. So how's the funding coming along? How's the funding? Yeah. Well, we have it. I mean, I, I, you know, we, the, the good news is we're a growing state. Our economy is growing. We left hundreds of millions of dollars on the table by design. They've got their own initiatives. I want to work with them on those. Um, we've got a healthy reserve that we kept intact, very important. Um, but so we have the, the funding we have. Now, it's fair, everyone has their own priority, understand that, I'm listening to them on a very regular basis, um, as they are me. And by the way, the work that they're doing, is not just um, out and about the state, they're meeting individually with legislators, leadership and members all, everyone who wants to be in the know, who wants to deal with the facts. And I've been, I've said this before, quite heartened um, by the response, because this is complicated. We didn't just, like, we're starting to turn over rocks and learn things that we've just kind of waltzed by before. And and so it takes time. You might share a story about that if you prefer. Yeah. Sure. So I, I think that importantly here, what we're trying to do is educate people about what public health really is and how it's about preventing injury and it's about preventing these chronic diseases. And it's not just about masks and it's not just about one pandemic that's been a once in a hundred year thing. And what we're doing is looking at how we can bring clinical health care together with public health, together with social services in our communities all across this state, because the studies show that is the best way to address the health. And what we want to make sure is that in the end, when we come together, every Hoosier, no matter where they live, will have the same access to these same core public health services. Governor, somewhat related, even pushing for greater access to mental health care for Hoosiers, does House Bill 1006 align with your goals? Well, we're currently 
working on this front as well. This isn't a one-off issue. <laughs> it's, uh, we're devoting, again, um, tens of millions of dollars to building out our mental health system and it, too, becoming more um, regionalized and localized county by county with the clinics and the behavioral clinics, uh, health clinics. And, and so this isn't um, at the expense of the other, um, but it's a how do we build the capacity, how do we build the infrastructure for mental health as well, and we'll be just as focused on that as, as we are in um, these new ideas. How do you get Hoosiers? Did your office coordinate with the Lieutenant Governor's testimony this morning? Yeah, we, knew, we knew what was going to be shared, of course. How do you get Hoosier families on board with these new programs that are going to be created in counties across the state, and how do you convince them to live healthier lifestyles? Well, that is uh, <laughs> how you change behavior. I mean, that's a fair question. It's, a, it's <laughs> look, I mean, there are companies built off of how do you change someone's behavior? How do you um, enlighten a better way? Uh, how do you give access and provide awareness to a pathway to better health or success? And hopefully, um, the facts will speak for themselves. There's, there's also something called a little healthy competition here. And when I'm sitting down talking with folks who are interested in investing in the state of Indiana, counties are competing against one another. CEOs want to know who values the health of their workforces. CEOs want to know that they can have certainty when it comes to tapping into a healthy pool. And so I can tell you this is, is more important, quite frankly. It's foundational to our tax code and regulatory environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have the human capital, the fuel, um, clocking in, um, then, then it makes it harder or they'll look somewhere else. And so I hope folks will be, and this has been a very collaborative, it's kind of like the Ready program, this has been a very collaborative, that's why they've gone to all 92 counties, pulled all 90, that, the stakeholders and the input in from all 92 counties. But the, the stories that are being swapped and shared about what we need to do that's maybe a little different than the county to the north or south is important. And we're not trying, this is not a one size fits all. This is not a mandate or worse, unfunded mandate. This is the state coming in to say, how can we, I'm not going to go Jerry Maguire on you, but how can we help you <laughs> um, improve? And you, you, you either buy into to use that IMS analogy, you either buy into, here's the rankings, here's what the states um, pony up or put in, and, and here's the results. You either buy that there's a correlation there or you don't. Now, people can be inefficient about it and that can skew it, and that's why we've been looking at all of our competition, other states, and how did they, how did they do it? And how, how are they in the position they're in? We think we can do it better if we follow this guideline, just like we did with the infrastructure program in 2017, data-driven. Anything new with property taxes yet? Or? Have we done anything yet? Yeah. Uh, we're assessing that very closely. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if, if we do something over the course of the next, uh, during the course of this session. 
um, we're, we're making sure, just like the health discussion, we're going to get at the root causes of the increases that are occurring. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to, um, we, we, we need to know what is causing it per the texting units. And, um, and this is a conversation, we're in close conversation with the House and the Senate leadership and members on having the ability to do something that doesn't change fundamentally our, the advancements we've made. Governor, you talking a little bit about, um, you know, you don't want to be in the back of the pack. Um, obviously, you have a couple of years left. I don't like the view, for yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have specific metrics, though, that you would like to see occur in these next couple of years? Like, you know, um, is it just yeah. using, like, American health rankings, or are there yeah. other uh, specifics? You want to share a little bit about the KPIs yeah, that you sure. burned into my brain? <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's really important that people understand moving that needle on the percentage of people smoking right now, moving the needle of the overall infant mortality rate, those are needles that move slow. But there are a lot of key performance indicators that can be down here that are very short term. And then there are the intermediate term key performance indicators that we know evidence based, if we do them, will influence these KPIs or, or key performance indicators at the state level. And then uh, along those lines, there are rural issues, rural urban issues, socioeconomic issues that sometimes will Across county lines, mm -hmm. how do you look to uh, uh, address those when they could be in various different regions? So there's a, a lot of different things about public health that we would like to see kind of come together. Disease doesn't stop at the at the county line, so we need people to work together when there's an outbreak of of whatever the disease is. Also, what we see is. Currently, because people have to have many hats, we have one or two employees in some health departments, they have to kind of be the jack of all trades, and they're not the master of anything sometimes. What we'd like to be able to do at the state level is train one person to be an expert in food safety and to make sure that that's what they do five days a week so that when they go out there, we are keeping them well-trained, we are keeping them up to date, and potentially a, a county that is a smaller county of 10,000, 15,000 people might share with a county next to them so that we have a better expertise out there going forward. Last question. Um, what do you think about a Mitch Daniels run for senator? <laughs> <laughs> for what did you say, what office? <laughs> uh, I, think, um, I think Mitch Daniels has a sophisticated vocabulary and he can speak for himself. Right. And I'll wait till he does. But until then, I'm a card-carrying member of the political celibacy that he joined and started. So there you have it. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.